Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to be covering AEW and Impact from 811, 818, 812, and 819. So let's get this show on the road and let's start with AEW from 818 and 811. On AEW 818, AEW Dynamite is live at a sold out Houston, Texas. It opens with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Now we know what's been going on with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for a while in this whole thing with Garcia and 2.0. We know this crazy stuff that's been going on and we all are like, okay, whatever. And how crazy it's been between Moxley and them. And it's been I mean, really good. I mean, this match has been really, really good. And we know this whole thing involving 2.0 and Derby and Sting. And we've seen all this going on. Let's rewind back to 8-11 AEW. Where Daniel Garcia with 2.0 versus Darby Allen and Sting. This is an incredible match, guys. If you've not seen this match, you need to go check it out. It's incredible. It's Absolutely is amazing. It's an epic fight between Darby, Allen, and Garcia. It's a great, 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 great match, guys. It really showcases what, what you know, Daniel Garcia is capable of and what Darby can really do. It's an incredible match, and of course, it does end with Darby Allen winning that match. After the match is over, the 2.0 attack Darby Allen, but Darby and Singh get the upper hand and take them out. Fast forward to 8-18-2021. Of course, we said, like we said, John Moxley comes out with Eddie Kingston. They're on their way down to the ring when out of nowhere, 2.0 attacks Moxley and Kingston. Garcia helps them out. It's a three-on-one match. You know, beat down. There's nowhere for them to go. They come to the ring and they call out Sting and Darby Allen, saying that we took out your boys. They want them now. And they want a ref. So it becomes 2.0 versus Darby Allen and Sting in a Texas Tornado tag team match. This is an incredible match. Of course, Garcia is trying to help take out Darby Allen, which makes it unfair. But in a Texas Tornado match, anything goes. It does not matter. You don't have to tag someone in. You don't have to be involved. The only thing you have to do is beat the heck out of each other and do it well. Anyone can get involved. And it's an incredible match. It literally looks like it becomes a three-on-two handicap match. It is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And because of what they did, Eddie Kingston comes out of nowhere and evens the odds. It becomes an incredible match. There are tables, power bombs, all kinds of things. Sting at one point puts... 2.0 through a, literally through a table. It gets absolutely incredible. He gets by. They try to put him through a table. They do put him through a table. Sting gets back up. Puts both of them. Stacks them up. 2.0 on top of Garcia. And does a scorpion death lock on all three. It's absolutely incredible. 2.0, of course, is tapping out. Darby Allen's got you know, Garcia and a scorpion death lock. Garcia's tapping, tapping out. Darby Allen and Sting win that match. It is absolutely an incredible match. Absolutely incredible. If you've not seen it or you've not got the opportunity to go check it out, I highly recommend you check it out because it's absolutely an incredible match between these two. Absolutely love it. Now, 
we go back to AEW from 8-11. 8-11, the trio of the Elite come out, and we have a trios match. It is the Elite, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega versus Dante Martin of Top Flight and Mike, Matt and Mike Seidel. Guys, Dante Martin is absolutely incredible in this match. I have seen Dante Martin wrestle before, and this boy actually is absolutely fabulosa. He does such a great job at this match. It's incredible. It's high impact. It's amazing. Dante Martin really showcases what he can do, and he gives Kenny Omega a run for his money. I mean, puts Kenny Omega and... Young Bucks, through the rigor, Matt Seidel and Mike Seidel, they are absolutely incredible. This is a great match. Absolutely great match between them. They even go so far as to do what they normally do, and Matt Jackson makes fun of Big E and the New Day. This has been going on for a while between AEW and WWE, and it's absolutely hilarious to watch this go down. I mean, it's amazing. It is absolutely an amazing match. you got to go check this out. If you haven't seen it, go to your Fight TV. Go on your social media, wherever you can get AEW, and look up this match with Dante Martin. It is incredible. Absolutely mind-blowing. You guys are going to love this. Dante Martin, incredible competitor. I was absolutely impressed with him. Thoroughly impressed. It was an incredible match. Of course, it did lead to the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks winning. After it, here comes Don Callis out running his mouth, talking about how all your blah, 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 he's yada, yada, yada. Out comes Christian Cage. And here comes Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. Don Callis steals the mic again, and the crowd literally is chanting, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. The whole time, and literally, Mike get you know, you know, none like on WWE where they cut the mics. They don't cut the mics on this one. AEW let it go. They let those CM Punk chants fly, and it's absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. And he calls Don Callis a you know a corny and a jerk off. Scott Demore then lets Christian know he comes out and lets Christian know that. He could tell Kenny that at Rampage this Friday, Christian Cage will fight Kenny Omega for the Impact World Heavyweight title. Yes, you heard me correctly. It will be Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega at Rampage for the Impact World Heavyweight title. Callus is pissed. And he also was, oh yeah, by the way, next week, Bucks, You'll be facing Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus for those AEW tag titles. Oh, they're not happy. The Elite is furious. They are absolutely and utterly furious. They are fuming. So then we go back to 818. Fast forward to 818. Sammy Guevara has told everyone he has a special announcement. And he makes that special announcement before AEW ever goes on the air. And we get to see what it is. His girlfriend, happen, Pam, happens to be out at, because they're in Sammy Guevara's home state of Texas. She happens to be at the arena that night. And Sammy Guevara pops the question and she says yes. So Sammy Guevara and Pam are getting married. That is absolutely fantastic. 
absolutely incredible. I love it. Which leads to Sammy Guevara versus Sean Spears. Sean Spears comes out and Sammy Guevara gets to jump on him. Before he can even get out to the ring, Sammy is on him. And it is absolutely an incredible fight. This fight, literally, these two boys tear each other apart. You're not sure whether Sammy's going to get it. You're not sure Sean's going to get it. It gets crazy. It gets absolutely brutal. But it ends with Sammy Guevara getting the win. Proud of Sammy. Way to go. Rewind to 8-11 AEW Dynamite. Miro makes a promo where he says he's going to face Fuego Del Sol for the TNT title at Rampage. If Fuego can beat, can beat Miro at Rampage, he will not only get the TNT title, but he will also get a AEW contract. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys what happened on Rampage. Fuego Del Sol gives it literally gives Miro a run for his money. He literally tells Miro apart. But in the end, Miro beats Fuego Del Sol. Which means he does not get the TNT title. And he rips the contract up in front of Fuego. Well, Tony Khan ain't having that. This is Tony Khan's you know, company. You don't do that. And out comes Sammy Guevara with Tony Khan. And Tony Khan hands something to Sammy, and Sammy walks out to Fuego, because they're really close. He's in all of Sammy Guevara's vlogs. If you've not seen Sammy Guevara's vlogs, go check them out. They're absolutely incredible. They are something to watch. But he hands him, hands him something to, to give to Fuego. Sammy comes out and hands Fuego an AEW contract. And they hug in the middle of the ring at AEW Rampage. It's absolutely an incredible scene. If you've not seen it, go check out. It is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So we see on 8-11 also that triangle reunited and Pac wants Andrade. He's had enough of Andrade's shenanigans. He's had enough with Andrade doing what Andrade's doing and he's ready to take on Andrade head on. And he wants him. And he makes it perfectly clear that he wants him. Fast forward to 818. We get uh, American top team. We knew they were here last time. And we saw what Lance Archer did to America's top team's coach last, last, last time that they were here. Well, they're back again. They're from UFC, for those of you who don't know. And you're scratching your head going, who's America's top team? They are from UFC. So, they're there, and he's running his mouth again. Basically, also, he's brought backup. He's brought two members from UFC, which Dana White and Tony Khan have authorized. They're there as basically bodyguards for the you know, the coach for American top, top, top Team. And he keeps running his mouth, disrespecting AEW again. Last time he disrespected AEW, Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer cut out and showed him what happens when you disrespect AEW. Lance Archer comes out again because he has heard enough of the blatant disrespect of AEW, and he comes out to defend his company. Well, he gets ambushed by none other than all-ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and they literally take out Lance Archer in front of American Top Flight and two of the members of UFC. It is absolutely a basic beatdown against Lance Archer, and it's 
absolutely makes me mad because I love Lance Archer, but it's also setting up a storyline for possibly Lance Archer versus Scorpio Sky and all ego Ethan Page. It's going to be interesting to see what Archer does next. It's going to be an incredible thing to see. Now, moving on. Back up to 811's AEW Dynamite. We have Best Friends and Wheeler Yuta versus Matt Hardy Private Party with Blade Bunny and Angelico and Jack Evans. This is an incredible feud. This really has been an incredible feud between Best Friends and the Hardy family. It's been an absolutely bad, bad, cool fight. It's been amazing, incredible, back and forth. Both teams have kind of gotten wins. It's been an incredible match. And, of course, it ends with none other than Matt Hardy and Private Party defeating Best Friends and Wheeler Yuta. It's a great match, guys. I promise you. It's one you will want to see. If you get the opportunity to see it, go see it. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. My personal opinion, I don't like Matt Hardy. I don't. I really don't. I don't like his little family. Big Money Matt does not impress me. You guys may disagree. You might like Big Money Matt, but I don't. I don't like anything about him. So, I mean, like I said, if you don't, if you do and you like him, give me a shout out on social media and tell me why. Tell me why you like him. But I don't like Big Money Matt. I, you know, like Awoken Matt. I like any other Matt, but not Big Money Matt. I have no desire for them whatsoever. Andrade shows up after the pack on 8-11. After what Pac claimed that he wants Andrade. And basically he tells him, look, I want you to show me respect where respect is due. You deserve to give me the respect I deserve instead of being a little whiny pack complaining. Really, Andrade? You've not shown Death Triangle any respect whatsoever, so why should they show you respect back? That doesn't make any sense to me why you think you deserve respect when you have blatantly disrespected Death Triangle, blatantly disrespected. Call Pack the leader when Pack has never claimed to be a leader of anything. Pack has claimed to be a team player, but not a leader. You've tried to get Ray Phoenix and... Penta Alcero Miero to leave Death Triangle and join you. Where in the world would you think that they would give you any respect? You show them respect, you get respect. That's how it works. You're not going to get respect unless you show them respect and you aren't. Moving back to AEW Dynamite 4 A18. And we have, as I told you, we were told that the Elite would have to, Bucks would have to defend their tag titles on this week's AEW Dynamite. So we have the AEW Tag Team Championship match. The Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. This is a match for the ages. It is absolutely an incredible match between two great tag teams that are just, I mean, they kill it. They absolutely kill it. They show really why they deserve to be, you know, where they are. They actually make it look good. I mean, it's an incredible match. At one point, Kenny comes out and he brings a chair and, you know, we almost have new tag team champions in the process. It is an incredible match. It is absolutely an incredible match. I absolutely love it. It's a great match. Of course, who wins? But the Young Bucks. After the match, the Young Bucks literally beat up the heck out of Marco Stunt. They beat up Luchasaurus and you know, Jungle Boy. They beat up Christian Cage. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess, guys. It is an absolute mess. Now, I also told you guys that on Rampage, Christian would face Kenny Omega for the Impact World Heavyweight title. 
Scott Moore is there at Rampage. So is Tony Khan. Don Callis is out there. He does not come out with his little Stooges of Bucks or the Good Brothers. It is a really good match between, between Christian and Kenny Omega. It's an incredible match. Absolutely incredible. Don even tries to introduce a chair into the match. And I'm telling you guys, what happens is absolutely incredible. If you've not seen Rampage, go check it out. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, we have a new Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Christian Cage defeats Kenny Omega at Rampage. It is absolutely incredible. Incredible. Incredible match. You do not want to miss it. Go check it out. I promise you, you will like it. It's absolutely incredible. Well, then Tony Schiavone is in the ring. And I'm going to explain to you why Tony Schiavone is in the ring because of what happened last week. On 8-11, QT has been claiming that he's going to come and apologize to Tony for what he had done throwing the protein shake in his, mouth, in his face. And we've been waiting for this apology for a while from QT. And finally, QT keeps his word and shows up to come and basically apologize to Tony Schiavone. And he walks into the ring and he tells Tony, look, you know, I said I would, I said I would say I was sorry for what I did. But I didn't say I would. I said I was, there was going to be an apology, but I never said it was going to be me. You owe me an apology, Tony Schiavone, for what you said and what you've done. Tony don't owe him no apology. I don't know where QT Marshall thinks he's getting his, getting his ideas, but he doesn't owe him anything. And QT does not like the fact that Tony won't give him an apology, so he attacks Tony. After he attacks Tony, he gets Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo to drag in Tony Schiavone's son, who's sitting at ringside. And he goes, oh, you want to be a wrestler? You want to be involved in, you know, wrestling? Well, I'm going to show you. And he starts beating the heck out of Tony Schiavone's son. Blatant disrespect to Tony Schiavone, who has worked in commentary for so long. Blatant disrespect by QT Marshall. And, oh, it made me angry. And uh, it made everybody in the arena angry. Well, guess what? Paul White isn't having it. He's not going to have QT Marshall bullying anybody. And Paul White comes out and makes it perfectly clear where he stands. He comes out and uh, grabs Aaron Solo by the throat and choke slams him to the ground. Drops Aaron Solo in front of QT Marshall and everybody. QT is absolutely terrified. You can see it in his eyes. You can see that fear. You know it's there. He's scared. He is literally scared. Fast forward to 818. Uh, uh, yeah, 818 and why this is going down. Tony is in the ring, and Paul White comes out to the ring. He's so excited to be back in the ring, you know, after, you know, what happened and everything, and he's so, so excited about it. And here comes QT Marshall again with Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo. And, you know, they start running their mouth, taunting, you know, Paul, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Paul taunts him back, and QT Marshall goes low. He pulls up the... Basically an x-ray of Paul White's hip. We all know what's been going on with Paul White. We know the medical issues that Paul White has had. We know that, you know, he had to have his hip surgically repaired five times. You know, he had to, you know, get his, you know, get everything right because apparently he kept getting infection after infection. We knew this. We knew what was going on medically with Paul White. We were happy to see him return. He looks better than ever, but QT has to go low with that.
And Paul White's not happy about it. Paul White goes, you go and show my hip, you show my butt, you know, you show all this stuff. You you, you, you blatantly disrespected me, boy, and I don't like that. I don't appreciate it. So I'm going to tell you what, at all out, it's going to be you and me in a wrestling ring. Yes, my beautiful podcast listeners, you heard me correctly. It will be QT Marshall versus Paul White at all out. Out. This is going to be an incredible match, one you will not want to miss. All Out is on September 5th, and it is on Fight TV. It is on B on BleacherReport.com. Go check it out. You will not want to miss the fight between QT Marshall and Paul White. It's going to be absolutely epic. Well, Tony's in the back, and he's talking to the elite. And, you know, he's talking, you know, Kenny's running his mouth about how he lost the Impact title, and Don Cowles feels like he got cheated, and blah, 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 blah. Well, Tony Schiavone tells him, well, I've got some news for you guys. We all know that Christian Cage will defend his, will go against Kenny Omega at All Out for the AEW title. We all know that's coming. Well, Tony Khan has made a match for, for the Young Bucks. This match is it's an Eliminator tournament. The winner of that tournament will get a shot at the AEW Tag Team titles at All Out inside a steel cage. Which means that the Elite can't help the Bucks. They cannot help the Bucks. Five tag teams will be in an Eliminator Tag Team match to determine... Who is going to win at the tag team tournament and who's going to face the Bucks in a steel cage at all out? Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So then we kick back over to 811 and we have Santana and Ortiz cutting a promo about FTR. I'm excited about the Santana Ortiz fight. I've been looking forward to this fight. This fight's going to be absolutely incredible between these two teams. I cannot wait to see what they're going to do to each other. Well, I mean, we saw what happened last time, so you can only imagine how much more brutal it could possibly get between FTR and, FTR and Santana and Ortiz. You can only imagine how dark and how far the depths they're going to go to take each other out. And it's a killer promo. It's one you guys really need to check out. It is absolutely an amazing promo. I absolutely love it. I highly recommend you go check this out. Because it's incredible. It really is an incredible promo. So then we have Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero versus Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy and Best Friends and Wheeler Yuta. This is an incredible match. Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander really showcase what the AEW women's division is all about. They are absolutely incredible. It is an incredible match. I absolutely love it. I highly recommend that you go watch this match because it is in, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing match with Chris Statlander coming out on top and defeating Nyla Rose. Barely, but she did defeat her. And it is absolutely incredible. Incredible. So then we see on 8, 818, we see Taz and Hook standing in the ring. 
And they call out Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks is standing there running his mouth. And we know this whole feud with Team Taz and Brian Cage. We know this has been boiling and brewing for a while. We've been excited to see what was going to happen. It's been an incredible little storyline. And, of course, Ricky Starks comes out with the FTW Championship. Starts running his mouth, going on and on and on and on. And literally, literally, he calls out Brian Cage. But when it pans back to the back, we see Hobbs literally taking out Brian Cage. I'm telling you guys, this is going to be an interesting feud between Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. It's going to culminate into something dark, and it's going to culminate into something twisted. These two are going to tear each other apart. I foresee it. It's not going to be pretty, and Taz, Hobbs, and Hook could get caught in the crossfire. It could get really nasty between these two teams, between these two men. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, we find out after what happened last week where Pac called out Andrade and Andrade said that you need to show him respect. Pac finally lets us know that not only do Ray Phoenix and El Cedro Miedo get a shot in the Tag Team Eliminator Tournament, but also Pac gets a shot at Andrade. And guess where he gets the shot, ladies and gentlemen? He gets the shot at All Out in Chicago. It will be Andrade El Lidero versus the Bastard Pack. This is going to be an incredible fight. One that I highly recommend you don't miss. Because it's going to be amazing. It is going to be a killer fight between two gladiators. I can only imagine how this is going to turn out. It is going to get nasty. So then we rewind back to 811 AEW. We have the Young Bucks, and they want to talk. They start running their mouths and saying, look, they're going to tell you, they don't want to be took out by Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and that Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy aren't on their level, and they just keep running their mouths. Well, guess what? In the middle of that running their mouths, they get took out by Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, literally wiping the floor with them. telling you guys. This storyline between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy just keeps getting better and better. It, this whole feud between them and the Bucks is just getting more interesting and interesting the further down the rabbit hole we go. It is getting to be fan-freaking-tastic. I can only imagine how much more fantastic it's going to get by All Out. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Well, we see Dr. Britt Baker, and she is home. She is in Pittsburgh, or as they call it, Britsburg, and she is loved there. She is very, very, very loved, absolutely loved, and I'm excited to see her there, and I'm very excited to see, you know, she's out there talking. Well, Red Velvet's heard enough, and Red Velvet comes out and states her claim. She basically states she wants a shot at Britt Baker at AEW Rampage, and guess what, guys? She gets her shot, and it's an incredible match between Britt Baker and Red Velvet. Straight from your mama's kitchen gives her a good run for her money at Rampage, but it does end with Britt Baker winning that match at Rampage. It really does, but it's an incredible match that you guys might want to go check out. It's absolutely amazing. So then we go back to AEW for 818, and we have... Penelope Ford versus Thunder Rosa. Now, some of you are probably wondering, why is Penelope Ford and Thunder Rosa fighting each other? This stems back to AEW Dark Elevation. Penelope Ford had a match, and she actually took that match a little too far with her opponent, and 
Thunder Rosa wasn't having it. Thunder Rosa was mad. And she came out and made it perfectly clear. You're not going to bully people like you normally do. I'm not going to let it stand as long as I'm here. So this leads to Penelope Ford versus Thunder Rosa at AEW Dynamite. And, oh my gosh, this match I can't say more good things about. It is incredible. It is absolutely a match that I suggest you go check out. It is incredible. It is fantastic. Penelope Ford really gives her Thunder Rosa run for her money and back and forth. It is incredible. And it ends, of course, with Thunder Rosa getting the win. It was absolutely an incredible, incredible match. So now we go back to 8-11's AEW Dynamite. And we knew last week that the Impact Tag Team titles would be on the line. The Good Brothers would put their tag team titles from Impact on the line against Dark Orders on Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. This is a match I suggest you go watch. It is not for the faint of heart, but it is a good match. It is an incredible match. Absolutely incredible match that I highly recommend you go see because these two tag teams really beat the daylights out of each other. It is unbelievable. I cannot even describe how unbelievable this match is. And it is absolutely amazing. Scott Demore again is on on commentary and he's actually, you know, giving props to both teams and really you know, really showcasing what, you know, impact is all about. The Forbidden Door is just flying open as of late and it's been absolutely incredible to see the Forbidden Door doing this. It's really showing what these, you know, these seven companies are capable of doing given the right opportunities. And they've done great. It's fantastic. It's a great match. Of course, at one point, Frankie Kazarian, the AEW ninja, shows up and starts taking out the Good Brothers. And, it, I mean, it's a great match, guys. It really is. It's an incredible match. When you put the AEW ninja into it, it's absolutely incredible. But, of course, the Good Brothers do retain, but it is a great match. It really is. It's an absolutely incredible match. I absolutely love it. Now, we all saw last week that Layla Hirsch did win the shot for the NWA women's title, and she's going against Camilla. Camilla comes out and speaks about Layla Hirsch, and she has good and bad things to say about Layla. She really does. She has some really good and bad things to say, and it's absolutely incredible to see Camille from NWA standing up and speaking her mind about Layla Hirsch. Of course, Layla Hirsch, she does come out. There is a confrontation between her and Layla, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen yet again with the forbidden door flying open and us getting to see Camilla versus Layla Hirsch for the NWA title. This is going to be an interesting match. It's going to be a really good women's division match. I really believe it will be. So then we move on back to AEW for 8.18. And Tony Schiavone, again, is at, uh, backstage, and he's talking to Brock and Arn Anderson. And they're talking about everything that happened involving what, you know, Malachi Black did to Cody Rhodes, what he did to Arn. They're talking about, the you know, Malachi Black is dominating AEW right now, guys. He is absolutely dominating it. It is unbelievable what this man is doing in this, in this company and how much he's actually dominating. It's incredible. But they're talking about what happened and, you know, what happened with, you know, Arn Anderson. And Arn lets us know, uh, even though Arn does not approve and doesn't think it's a good idea, he lets us know that next week on AEW Dynamite, Brock will be in a match. Brock Anderson will be in a match 
with none other than Malachi Black himself. I'm with Tony Schiavone. I'm with Excalibur. I'm with JR. This is, this, this is not good. This is not good to put him against Malachi Black. Only bad things can come of this. It's not going to turn out well. It's going to be a bad, bad, bad match. I mean, it really is. I would like to think that Brock might be able to defeat Malachi Black, but I don't see it happening. This is just going to be a nasty match. And I'm hoping Arn is there to console his son when he doesn't successfully beat Malachi. And I hope Malachi doesn't take out Brock, you know, take out, take out Arn Anderson again. I mean, I really don't, but we're going to see what happens. This is going to be a nasty match. It's going to be nasty. It's not going to be for the faint of heart. I promise you it won't be. Miro lets us know that he wants to defend his TNT Championship again. And this time he wants to defend it against Eddie Kingston. This could be an interesting match. This really could be an interesting match between Miro and Eddie Kingston. I could really get on board with this. I could think it could be a really good match between these two. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if Eddie Kingston can finally be the one to take it off of Miro. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It really is. It's going to be really interesting. So now we rewind back to 8-11. And the main event, ladies and gentlemen, this is your main event. This is the fourth labor of Jericho. And it involves Wardlow versus Chris Jericho. MJF will be at ringside to make sure that there's no funny business from the ref. Excuse me a second. Excuse me, sorry about that. My dogs are being very vocal and I apologize. Apparently they are Chris Jericho fans. But this is a great match. It absolutely is a great match. If Matt Jericho can defeat Woodrow, he will go on to face MJF in the fifth labor of Jericho. Jericho has been doing so good as of late. And these matches have been incredible. And Jericho has showcased really what he can do. And I really would love to see him go on to face MJF because I know that's going to be an incredible match. I know it is. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's an amazing match. Woodlow and Chris Jericho really give it to each other. MJ gets caught by the ref trying to cheat and gets put out. You heard me correctly. MJ himself gets put out of the match. It's absolutely hilarious. It is hilarious. MJ is furious. It's an incredible match. But, yet again, Jericho comes out on top and defeats Wardlow, which means he gets to face MJF next week on AEW Dynamite. But MJF isn't happy, so he makes it perfectly clear that there will be a stipulation for the match with him. The stipulation is this. No Judas effect. He cannot use the Judas effect whatsoever. Not only that, but he cannot come out to his entrance music, which is Judas. He cannot come out. No entrance music whatsoever. The fans are not happy. They are not happy. Just to tell you how not happy they are, Later on, after this is made, MJF's Twitter gets bombarded. I'm not kidding you guys. Go look it up. It gets bombarded by fans tweeting the lyrics to Judas. They literally are bombarding poor little MJF. He does not see it coming. It is absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Which leads us to 818 and the main event, the fifth labor of Jericho. If Jericho uses the Judas effect, he will be disqualified. It is MJF versus Jericho. 
MJF comes out looking like MJF always does, but then MJ gets a surprise. Jericho does keep his word. He doesn't come out with his entrance music. He gets his entrance music in another way. Chicago, as a whole, starts singing every lyric, word for word, of Judas while Jericho comes out. It is absolutely mind-blowing. This is incredible. If you get a chance to go see this, go look it up because it is absolutely mind-blowing. There's even people holding up signs with the lyrics word for word and they are singing this and MJ has to listen to it. And Jericho is gloating from ear to ear. He is so happy. Everybody is singing along. It goes, they go through the whole thing. The whole entrance. It is absolutely an incredible sight. This shows how much Chris Jericho is loved in AEW. This is living proof. And MJ has to listen to the whole thing. There is nothing he can do to stop that crowd. And it is loud. It is, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And the fight between MJ and Jericho, absolutely incredible. Showcasing what MJ can do and really showing why Jericho is who Jericho is. It is absolutely an incredible match. Back and forth. You're not sure who's going to win. You're, 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 you're rooting for Jericho. One minute you think Jericho's got it. The next minute you think MJ's got it. You're not quite sure who's going to win. Now, remember, he can't use the Judas effect. He cannot at all. Lion Tamer, Walls of Jericho. You see every possible finisher besides the Judas effect. And it is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible match. But unfortunately, sadly, MJF forces Jericho to tap out to salt of the earth. I was disappointed. I was with the fans. I was very disappointed. I was upset. Not happy with the results of this final match. Not happy at all. But what I was happy about, and I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a little spoiler, a little taste of what you might have missed. We've been hearing the rumors flying everywhere that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk have been signed to AEW. We've heard these rumors. We've heard them. And we knew that AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage would be in Chicago. And Chicago is the home of CM Punk. We knew this was going to happen. So we fast forward to Friday Night's Rampage, also known as the First Dance. The reason we kind of figured that CM Punk might be coming is because of a re reference that Darby Allen made not too long ago, about the best in the world. We all were like, ooh, could they be hinting? Could we be getting CM Punk? Is it possible? Is the miracle going to happen? We were all excited. Literally, Chicago, when Rampage opened, you could hear CM Punk, CM Punk, literally chanting through the entire freaking arena. It was loud. Tony Khan, prior to this, had told us that the format for Rampage would be different from the format the week before, that, and that we would see something that would bring so many new fans to AEW. That was a hint that somebody... Somebody big was coming to AEW, and we weren't quite sure. Could it be Daniel Bryan? Could it be CM Punk? Who we didn't know. Well, guys, those chants got answered. In the middle of those CM Punk chants, Cult of Personalities' main theme song hits, and out walks 
I'm getting goosebumps talking about this. I'm getting goosebumps. Out walks CM Punk. He is in Chicago at AEW Rampage. And he is sitting on the entrance ramp, feeling the crowd. Getting that feeling again. You give me little guys. I'm pretty sure if you're listening right now, you're doing the same thing I am. You're getting goosebumps. You're getting chills. It is absolutely incredible to see him sitting there. It was absolutely, I mean, literally the crowd. There are grown men in the middle of the arena bawling. It's so amazing. The emotion. It was absolutely incredible. He comes down to the ring, he does this little promo, he lets us know he is an AEW Dynamite, he lets us know that at all out, he will have his very first match, and his first match will be none other than Darby Allen. And Darby Allen's up in the rafters with Sting, standing right up there, watching all this go down. All this go down. He makes reference to ROH. He does all. I mean, it's absolutely. He, you know, he gives a shout out to the boys in the back. You know, he pretty much. You have to go see this. I cannot ex- describe or explain what happens at the opening of Rampage, but it is an incredible way to bring CM Punk to AEW. It was an incredible way to do it. Absolutely fantastic way to bring him in. Gotta give Tony Khan props where props is due. He did an incredible job. He really did. He lets us know CM Punk is there. And CM Punk even goes so far as to tell everybody, hey, before you leave tonight, Rampage, have an ice cream bar on me. And we also find out that Wednesday night on Dynamite, CM Punk will be in the arena. This is incredible, guys. This is incredible news. To get CM Punk... After being gone for seven years to get CM Punk to come back and for him to be in all elite wrestling makes it huge. This is huge news. This is groundbreaking news because this, he could have went anywhere. He could have not come back at all, but he chose all elite wrestling. And that to me is absolutely, I mean, literally when I heard his interest music hit, I got goosebumps. I literally turned into a little girl, a little child, giddy as a schoolgirl, getting excited that he got that he was there. I was literally jumping up and down, screaming his name. I was so excited to see him and to see him back in a ring. To me, it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. I'm excited to see him. Punk is back. I'm excited to see what the great things he's going to do in AEW. I'm excited for AEW as a whole. This is just looking better and better. Business is just picking up. It is looking absolutely incredible. And I cannot wait to see if the rumors are true that they're getting Daniel Bryan. Because if they get Daniel Bryan, that's going to be amazing. The yes chance. Can you imagine those in an arena? The other rumor, they're getting Eric Rowan. That could be absolutely incredible for Dark Order. Because that would be amazing to have one part, uh, another part of the the Wyatt family in AEW. That would be incredible. There's another rumor that they're getting Ruby Riot. I can only imagine if they get Ruby Riot what it's going to do for AEW. I mean, the women's division will be turned on its head with Ruby Riot there. It would be absolutely incredible. But the biggest rumor, and if this is true, AEW is literally going to flip on its top. There's a possibility, before I get to that one, there's another possibility they could get Adam Cole, because we all know the rumors are flying that Adam Cole has not signed another tra- another contract with WWE. So there's a possibility they could get Adam Cole. That would be a really good addition to the elite. It would be a really good, you know, him getting back with the Bucks, it would be a really good thing. But the biggest rumor, the biggest rumor of them all could turn AEW on its head if it's true. The rumor is 
is that Tony Khan has offered. It's a rumor, guys. Remember, rumor. It's There's no truth to it whatsoever. Don't know if it's even real. If it is, oh, holy heck, my goosebumps are going to get even better. But it's a rumor. Remember, rumor, guys. The rumor from the rumor mill is, is that Tony Khan has offered a multi-million dollar contract to none other than the fiend himself, Bray Wyatt. If this is true, if this rumor is true, AEW will literally get turned on its head. It will go upside down. The arena that he steps into will literally explode with cheers. It's going to be incredible. AEW is already looking good with the Forbidden Door and the seven, you know, the seven companies coming together and you know uniting together. You know, in October they have a huge pay per view all together as a group. You know, it's already looking big, but you get these stars that have been you're rejected from WWE, and you get them over here on AEW, you get them over here on Impact, the sky's the limit as to what's going to happen. The sky's the limit as to what's going to go down. I mean, it's... It, it's, it's, good t- it's great times in AEW right now. It's great times for the Forbidden Door. I mean, CM Punk is the first one, to, you know, first great time that we get. So it's going to be incredible to see what else TK can pull out of his hat. It's going to be amazing to see what else Scott Demore can pull out of his hat. It's going to be incredible. It's good times for wrestling, for professional wrestling. It is great times for professional wrestling. It's looking, business is looking up. Now, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on to Impact. Impact is for 812 and 819. So let's get into the action and let's find out what is going on in the world of Impact for 812 and 819. Okay, guys, so let's get on with Impact. I apologize for the delay, but we had a little technical difficulty. So let's get back into this. So let's go with Impact for 812 and 819. First on Impact for 812, it was Tennille Dashwood with Caleb, with a K, and uh, versus Taylor Wilde. This was an incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible, fantastic match. I've always told you guys, it's an amazing match. Anytime there's a women's division involved, I love women's division wrestling. I don't believe it gets the credit it deserves. I don't think it gets the justice it deserves. But Impact and AEW, and then they kind of kind of give the women a little bit more free play. They kind of, you know, give them a little bit more room, and I kind of like that. But Daniel Dashwood, Taylor Wilde, absolutely incredible. It was an incredible match between you. These girls have been having a feud for a while, and we've been been expecting this feud to escalate to, you know, higher heights than what it has, and I'm telling you guys, this feud is incredible. If you've not seen this feud, go look it up on your social media. I promise you will see an incredible feud between Neil Dashwood and Taylor Wilde. Not to mention Caleb, with a K, is always involved in these matches, so you never quite know where he's going to pop up, what he might do, what to expect. It's always a surprise when it comes to these, you know, these people in Impact, especially Caleb. You never know. But it, like I said, incredible match. But the shocker was, of course, Tennille Dashwood did win, but it was with the assist of Madison Rain. We were not expecting Madison Rain to help. We don't know what the deal is with Madison and Tennille. We're not quite sure what's going on. Maybe at some point down the road, Madison and Tennille will clarify why, you know, she came up to help Tennille. 
We don't know. Does he have a personal bandana against Taylor Wilde? I don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see where this storyline goes now that Madison Rain has been added to the storyline. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes and how far this will go. And maybe we'll get some clarity and some answers as to why Madison assisted to Neil Dashwood. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see what impact writers have in store for us. So then we move on to Davari versus Josh Alexander. This is a non-title X Division match. Has nothing to do with the title whatsoever. For some reason, Davari seems to think that he's entitled to have that title from Josh Alexander. I beg to differ because Josh is a really good competitor. He has held that X Division title. He's defended it every single time he's had to defend it. He's defended it against some of the best X Division competitors there is. Absolutely incredible, incredible, incredible in-ring performer. But Davari, he's kind of new to the scene, but he's really good. He's new to the X Division as a whole. Do I think he's ready to take on the X Division champion and take a chance at getting the X Division title? I don't think he's quite there yet. But in this match, he really showed Josh Alexander what he's capable of and what he could do. And that he may... Kind of, he might have kind of gotten Josh Alexander's attention, and it might have been something that Josh Alexander might be thinking, hmm, this might be a good competitor for my title. It's a possibility. He kind of dipped his toe into the X Division, Davari did, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, he gave Josh Alexander a run for his money. He really did. Josh Alexander was not prepared, quite prepared for Davari because he's never really faced Davari before, so it it was an interesting match. It's one that I would say you definitely need to go check out if you want to see what I mean. But it's an incredible match. It really is. It's an incredible match between great two great X Division competitors. You know, do I see somewhere down the line Davari possibly going for that X Division title? Yes, I do. But I think it's a great test. It's a test for Davari to see if he has what it takes to take on Josh Alexander for that title. Of course, Josh Alexander did retain or did win. But the shocking part was afterwards. Jake something. We know Jake something. He's been up to some crazy shenanigans as of late. We never know where this big 6'2 giant is going to pop up at. And we don't know who he's going to pop up on. He just shows up. And when he shows up, he comes in. He destroys whatever he's going after. And then he leaves. We're not quite sure when he's going to pop up. He's a very quiet competitor. If you guys have not seen Jake something, you need to go check him out. He's a really, 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 really good in-ring performer. I love his character. I love everything about him. He's incredible. But he shows up. And him and Josh Alexander kind of have a stare-off. Is Jake something deciding to dip his toe in the X Division? Is that possible? Could he be wanting Josh Alexander's title? I mean, I think that, truthfully and honestly, I think that Jake something and Josh Alexander for the X Division title would be an incredible match. I think it would be a match that everybody would want to see because these two behemoths would really go at it. It would be incredible. Would I like to see Josh, you know, Jake something with that title? Yes, I think he would be a great X Division champ. Do I think he's ready to step up to that position? Not quite. I don't think he's quite there. I think he needs to, you know, dip his toe a little bit further into the X Division, you know, and see what he, see how he feels about it, see if he fits in, you know, challenge some of the others like Rohit Raju and so Yoshira and some of the others and see if that's exactly where Jake something needs to be. 
But they have a stare-off, which leads me to believe that Scott DeMore and them are about to set up a X-Division championship match between Jake something and Josh Alexander. And I'm telling you, it would be an incredible match. I think it would be a match that I would highly recommend people to watch because it would be amazing. It would be absolutely incredible. But the heat between them and the you know the way they stared at each other, oh yeah, there's something brewing. But it's not, I'm not quite sure what that brewing is quite yet. The Good Brothers, of course, they cut a promo about Violet by Design. We know that at Emergence, they're going to have to face Violet by Design, but they're not only going to have to face them, they're going to have to face Willie Mack and uh, Rich Swan for their t Impact titles. Violet by Design has pretty much been dominating force when it comes to Impact. They have pretty much, with them and the Good Brothers, those two have pretty much been the dominating forces when it comes to Impact. Now, as far as the tag team division, Violet by Design has owned it. They have owned it since they started. They have, you know, they have not stopped terrorizing the the tag team division. They have made it a point to make sure that everyone knows that they are a force to be reckoned with. Eric Young, we all know how what Eric Young is capable of. He has created a team, a team that literally makes sure you know that they are going to be over your shoulder, look right behind you, maybe breathing on your neck if you're not paying attention. But the promo, absolutely incredible. Looking forward to seeing at emergence what really happens between Violent by Design and the Good Brothers, because their little feud has been building for a while, and I've been waiting for that feud to eventually boil over, and it, it's getting to that point. So then we know about what happened with Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele. We know that Fire and Flavor, at the last pay-per-view, she turned, or at the last show, she turned on Kira Hogan. Fire and Flavor, we believe, is no more. We have come to the decision that they are no more. For whatever reason, Tasha Steele has a personal problem with Kira Hogan, and I'm not quite sure what it is. These girls were a dominating force when they were a tag team, but apparently Tasha Steele feels Kira Hogan is holding her back or something. I'm not quite sure what is up with Tasha Steele, but apparently Tasha has a personal problem with Kira, as she made it perfectly clear in Impact where she stands by taking out Kira Hogan. So Kira Hogan comes out, and she's trying. First, she starts talking about what Tasha Steele did last week. She lets everyone know how she feels about what Tasha Steele did. And I agree with Kira Hogan. If you had a personal problem with Kira, you should have had, you know, your own confrontation, your own conversation with her inside the ring without bringing someone else into it and letting that someone else do your dirty work for you. Speak up. Don't be afraid to tell your ex-tag team partner, hey, you're holding me back. This is what I think. I'm going to take you out myself. Don't get someone else to do your dirty work for you, but that's what Tasha Steele did. And I can see where Kira Hogan's coming from. I can see where she has a problem with Tasha not telling her that there was an issue to begin with. But she talks about what happened last week, and she, you know, she wants her to come out. So she tries to call her. She tries desperately to get Tasha Steele to come out and, you know, them have a conversation. Even if it's a fist fight, she doesn't care as long as Tasha Steele explains herself, which I agree. Tasha should explain herself to Kira and explain why she did what she did. I agree. But obviously, Tasha doesn't want to talk because she doesn't come out. Instead, Sue Ying and Kimber, zombie Kimberly come out instead. And Kira Hogan is terrified. I can see it. You can feel it. The crowd knows she's in serious danger because she's got no one to back her up. 
And they literally surround her, grab her by her hair, and Kimberly and Su Ying drag her out of the impact zone. Not quite sure what's going on with Kira Hogan. Not quite sure, you know, what the deal is with Su Ying and Kimberly. But I guess we're going to find out at some point in time why they're going after particular superstars and they're taking them out. I'm not quite sure. Maybe they're mad because they haven't got an opportunity at the tag titles. I get that. But if you're mad about not having an opportunity at the tag titles, maybe you need to go to Rosemary and Havoc and let them know how you feel instead of just going around and attacking random you know, tag teams and random superstars go to the source because Havoc and Rosemary have the tag titles. If you want them, go ask for them. Go challenge them. Go, go make a point that you want those titles. Don't go around grabbing other people because Rosemary and Havoc aren't going to care that you take Kira Hogan. They're not going to care that you take out anybody else. All they're going to care about is if you step into their area. If you step into their zone is when they're going to care. They're not going to care about anything else. Thin Juice. We have Thin Juice. It's a match between Thin Juice's Juice Robinson and David Finley versus the Bullet Club's Jay White and Chris Bay. I've been telling you guys since Chris Bay joined the Bullet Club, I was waiting to see how this was going to turn out. We saw last week what Jay White and Chris Bay did to Finn Juice. It was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely incredible. It was absolutely incredible to see. Chris Bay has done a complete 180. We've all known him to be a little firecracker. We've all known him to be a little bit twisted at certain points. and. Chris Bay, that's just how he is. He's part of the X Division. That's how he's always been. You know, he's two-time X Division champ. He plays a little dirty. But he fits into the Bullet Club like a hand to a glove. He's perfect. I mean, he's playing even more dirty than what he played prior to being in the Bullet Club. And I love it. And I love that Jay brings out that you know, that darker side of Chris Bay so that we get to see the Chris Bay that we all know way back when. So it's kind of interesting to see, but it was it's a great match. It really is. But of course, Finn Juice wins by DQ. And I'm going to tell you why they win by DQ. Finn Juice had it. They had it, guys. David Finley had it. It was literally, the win was within his grasp, within his reach. And Jay White, doing what Jay White does. We all know that's what Switchblade does. Bring, introduces a chair to the match and literally nails David Finley with that chair. Who didn't see that coming? They have a feud going on that's been going on since the New Japan Cup when David Finley defeated Jay White. He can't let that go, and I get it. I would be mad, too, because we all know David Finley is not as good as Switchblade. There's not any way that he could be as good as Switchblade. And for him to beat him at the Japan Cup, we all were like, what the heck just happened? What did we see? It was like a train wreck. We couldn't look away. It's like, wait a minute. He has never beat Switchblade, ever. So I can see why this, and I, to me, I was like, dirty pool, old man, dirty pool, way to do this. This was great. This was fantastic. He introduces that chair, and he nails him with it. Not just once, not just twice, but several times. At one point, Chris Bay is holding Juice Robinson, letting him watch what Jay White does. Absolutely, classic Bullet Club right there, guys. Classic Bullet Club. And we all know why Jay White is at Impact right now. Because at their pay-per-view resurgence, David Finley is going for the never-open heavyweight title, which Jay White 
holds. So Jay White has a reason to beat him down because Jay White's making it perfectly clear. You're not getting this title off of me, boy. It ain't happening. It, this is not the New Japan Cup. You're not going to get lucky. Lightning ain't going to strike twice. This is just not going to happen. And he's making sure that he knows this little fluke that you had at you know, New Japan Cup Ain't going to happen second. It's not going to happen at Resurgence. It's just not going to happen because I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen even if I have to take you out before we get there. And I like that. I absolutely like that because that's, that's Jay White. We all know how Jay White is. That's how Switchblade has always been. You get on his radar, you better stand back and you better get out of the way because he's going to make sure that you don't walk away unscathed. He's going to make sure. You cross him, you're going to wish you hadn't. Because like I've told you guys, wherever Switchblade is, there's always a member of Bullet Club somewhere nearby. There always is. Whether it be Kato, whether it be Evil, whether it be Kenta, whether it be El Phantasma, you never know where these guys are going to pop up. And sometimes you don't even see them at all. They just show up out of nowhere. For those of you who do not know anything about this, go look up New Japan. Go watch New Japan Pro Wrestling and basically look up the Bullet Club and you'll see what I mean. You will get the gist of what I'm talking about. And you'll be like, aha, now I see. For those of you who do, you know exactly what I'm talking about and you know exactly what kind of person and what kind of team and what kind of group this is. They are a dominant force. And yes, granted, the Elite is dominating right now in AEW, but Elite's got a real big problem. Because in October, for those of you who have missed it or maybe don't know, in October, these two, these companies, seven companies will collide in one giant pay-per-view. It's going to be a huge pay-per-view. And I'm telling you, I foresee... I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I foresee Elite and Bullet Club colliding in a major fight. And it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be for the faint of heart. It's going to be a serious, you know, turn your head, don't watch, because it's going to be a beatdown between these two teams. And only one team's going to come out on top. And like I said, it's going to be the Bullet Club, because... There's so many members of the Bullet Club, you don't even know who's in the Bullet Club. You have no idea until, you, until they're on you. You have no clue. You don't know how many people are in it because it's just, that's just how it is. But like I said, he hit him. Well, Tasha Steele finally decides she's going to clarify what she did last week to Kira Hogan. And she basically says <clears throat> she's done with Kira Hogan. And she's ready to move on with her new partner, Savannah Evans. Now, wait a minute. You can't do your own fight. I mean, if you and Fire and Flavor are breaking up, wouldn't you think you would want to not reform with a new team? And wouldn't Savannah Evans be thinking, hmm, if she did this to Kira Hogan, then what's going to stop her from doing this to me? Not thinking clearly and not thinking on all cylinders. That becomes a problem when you're with a tag team partner who has stabbed somebody in the back prior. You're running on borrowed time. It's a matter of time before you do something that's going to tick her off and she's going to turn around and do the same to you that she did to her previous tag team partner. It's just a matter of time. But Faha Baha comes up and asks her if she'll help him with decay. Apparently Faha Baha and No Way Jose have been having some issues with Black Taurus and, you know, Crazy Steve and them. And they, it's, it, it, 
it's a bully situation that he's having a real big problem with. And with TJP, his partner, out, he's kind of got No Way Jose helping him out a little bit. And they're still going after No Way Jose. Because he's associated with Faha, they kind of want to get, you know, that's just how the K is, guys. When they show up, they're going to take you out. If they've got a personal problem with you, they're going to take you out. But, of course, he asks her for help. And, of course, Tasha Steele says yes, because remember her and Faha were in the homecoming Impact Plus pay-per-view. So, I, of course, Tasha's going to say yes, because I think she kind of has a crush on Faha, and I think it's cute. I absolutely think it's cute that she kind of likes Faha. I think it's cute. It actually is. But she says yes, so we're going to see what happens with this. Deanna Parazzi, she shows us a training video, and we all know that next week, Melina, who is her part, who is going to be her challenger for her... Uh, Knockout Championship at Empowered is going to be on the Impact Zone next week. So she basically wants to show Melina how she's been training and how she's been getting ready for this particular match. And Melina, you know, is she's impressed, but really, Melina is a good competitor by herself. She is. So she's going to give Deanna Parazzi a run for her money. But basically, because Deanna showed her what she's doing to get prepared for this Empowered match... She's going to show Deanna what she's capable of doing and what she's been doing to get ready for her match at Empowered. It's going to be an interesting match. I promise you. I think it's going to be a very interesting match. And I'm not quite sure who's going to walk out with that knockout title. I really don't. I don't know who's going to walk out with it. We're just going to have to wait and find out. Then we get Matt Cardona, who absolutely, I swear, this guy, I, I, I like him as an in-ring competitor. He's a great in-room competitor. Perfect performer. But sometimes he's kind of like Riddle. He gets on your nerves. He will get under your skin and you're like, oh, can we please move on Cardona? I'm not saying... And some of you guys may like Matt Cardona. Some of you may. And if you do, like I said, give me a shout out on social media. Give me your reason why. You know, I like to hear what you, you guys' opinions on people that maybe I don't like that maybe you guys do. I'm not saying Matt Cardona isn't a great in-ring performer. He is. But sometimes you get tired of seeing the same old, same old, same old, same old from Cardona. But he's facing John Schuyler. For those of you who don't know who John Schuyler is, John Schuyler, Schuyler is from AEW. He's been on AEW Dark and he's been on AEW Elevation. He's also popped up on a couple dynamites, but he's not been, you know, he's one of those that they're still trying to get prepared. So the Forbidden Door again swings open, and this time John Schuyler from AEW pops in to take on Matt Cardona. It's an incredible match. It really, really, really is a good match. I will give them both props where credit is due. It is a good match. But the shocker is. John Schuyler wins the match. He beats Matt Cardona. And the reason why he does is because we all know that Rohit Raju and Shira have had a problem with Matt Cardona. There has been a feud going on between these three. And Rohit just cannot... He can't deal with Matt Cardona. He just can't. He's having a very hard time dealing with Matt Cardona. So he shows up with Shira and causes a distraction by Cardona giving John Schuyler the win. Got to give Skylar props for props. It's due because Skylar, even without Shira and Rohit there, I think he still would have got the win. I think he still would have won. It was an incredible match. Skylar just was schooling Matt Cardona in any way he possibly could. Now we have the number one contenders, 21, 20 men battle royale. 
This is determined the number one contender for Kenny Omega's Impact title. And it is Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan versus Rhino versus W. Morrissey versus Suicide versus John Swinger versus Faha Baja versus Noah Jose versus Hernandez versus Moose versus Ace Austin versus Madman Fulton versus Willie Mack versus Rich Swan versus Brian Myers versus Sam Beal versus Trey Miguel versus Diener and versus Chris Saban and versus P.D. Williams. Guys, this is an incredible 21 or 20 man contender, number one contenders match. Absolutely incredible battle royale. I can't even begin to tell you guys how amazing and fantastic this thing is. Every single one of those 20 competitors literally gave it all they got in a match because they all wanted a chance and wanted a crack at Kenny Omega's impact title. They wanted it, they wanted it badly, and they literally were giving it everything they had. But the shocker was the winner of that 20-man battle royale was none other than Brian Myers. That was a shocker because I never really truly saw Myers, you know, doing that. I never thought Myers could possibly. I mean, it was a shocker to me. It was absolutely shocking. It was, I mean, it was a great match. Now, I'm not saying Brian Myers is a good, but I'm not sure Brian Myers can take on Kenny Omega. That's the biggest thing. Can he handle being in a ring with the, you know, the wrestling god? Can he really handle it? And can he handle Don Callis? That's the question. Can he? Is he capable of holding the Impact title? Remains to be seen what's going to happen. Remains to be seen. But of course, that is at Remergence. So we're going to have to wait until Remergence to find out exactly what happens here. We're going to have to wait and see. So now we move on to Impact for 8-19. The first match of the night is Moose and Ace Austin. Of course, Madman Fulton is out there with him versus Chris Saban and Sammy Callahan. Before this match even started, Eddie Edwards was in the ring and he was kind of doing a little, you know, promo when out of nowhere, we thought this feud was over, but apparently this feud isn't quite over yet. At least in W. Morrissey's eyes, it's not. He comes into the ring and starts beating the daylights out of Eddie Edwards. For no reason, out of nowhere, Eddie Edwards is pretty much... Uh, help us at this point. But then Sammy Callahan comes in for the save. This was absolutely incredible because we know the history between Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. It's not a good history. And granted, the two of them kind of tag teamed one together when they went after the Elite, but I wasn't quite sure that Callahan and Edwards would be on the same page. We all know they're not. They don't like each other. We know their history. So it was very interesting to see Sammy Callahan come out and help Eddie Edwards before this match. Eddie Edwards basically told Callahan, don't breathe nothing into this, and walked off, leading to this match, leading to Moose and Ace Austin with Man Fulton versus Chris Saban. And Sammy Callahan. This was an incredible match. Moose, and I'm going to give props to Ace Austin. I'm going to give shout from the rooftops from Ace Austin because this kid is good. He is incredible. He is a young in-ring performer, but he is so good at what he does. I have to give him props. Even without Madman Fulton there, this 
in particular wrestler can shine. He shines like a new penny. He is absolutely incredible. And I see big things for Ace Austin. I really do. I see him going far within Impact and possibly going through the Forbidden Door to AEW. I see this happening. I see maybe a title a title down the line. Ace has got a lot of potential. A lot of potential to be something really great if Impact uses him right. And they have been. They have really been showcasing what Ace Austin is all about. And when you put him with Moose, it even makes it better. It makes it incredible. Now you've got Chris Saban and Callahan on the other side. Saban is already good in his own right. Callahan, we know what Callahan's capable of. He's a death machine. He is absolutely incredible when he's in a ring. You put those two together, and then you put Moose and Austin together, it is an amazing match. It is an incredible match, and I highly recommend you go on your social media and you check out, because it is amazing. But what happens is the, at the end sets everything into motion. Sammy Callahan is getting ready to do his move. The thumbs up, thumbs down. We know that move. We know that finisher. Chris Saban tags himself in in the middle of this finisher. Sammy Callahan had this one. Tags himself in and steals Sammy's spot. Steals the spot and gets the win. Granted, he got the win for him and Callahan, but you don't steal Sammy Callahan's spot. That is something you just don't do. Ask Eddie Edwards if you don't believe me. Don't steal Sammy Callahan's spot. Hey, Frankie Kazarian even knows you don't do that. That is just something you don't do. And Sammy Callahan makes sure that Saban knows what happens when you do. Because afterwards, he power drives him into the mat and walks off. You stole the spot, Saban. What did you expect was going to happen? That's exactly what happened. You got power-drived into the mat by Sammy Callahan. Don't do it again, boy. Just don't do it again. So then we see footage from Resurgence. Now, I told you guys Resurgence was huge. It was absolutely huge. For the, I'm going to give you a couple matches so you guys know what happened so you're not scratching your head going, whoa, whoa, what? The Good Brothers, they did retain their titles at Resurgence. They, did, you know, they had a match for the titles. They retained them. They also had a confrontation with the Gorillas of Destiny from New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is huge. The Gorillas of Destiny come out and literally stood in front of the Good Brothers and made it perfectly clear, crystal clear, that they want their hands on them. Made it crystal clear. It was absolutely an incredible sight to see. Because they have a sordid history from back when the Good Brothers were in New Japan. So you can only imagine what this is going to look like. If it gets to, uh, if it happens before October, amazing. If it happens in October, this could get really ugly. And this could get real ugly really quick. Another match that I want to bring up, Jay White's match against David Finley for the Never, o Never Open Heavyweight Championship. Jay White did retain. Who didn't see that coming? We knew it was going to happen. We knew it. We absolutely knew it was going to happen. Shouldn't have even even second-guessed it. We knew it was going to happen. Another match that had everyone's you know, eyes open and peeked on was the New Japan Pro Wrestling IWGP United States 
Heavyweight Championship. We all know the Murder Hawk Monster Lance Archer won that from John Moxley on AEW a few weeks back. We knew that his next opponent after he faced Haiku would be Tana. We knew this was going to happen, and we knew it was going to happen at Resurgence. This one, guys, I highly recommend you go watch the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. You need to go watch this match because Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer and Tana bring the house down. It is an incredible match. And the best surprise is, is that during the match, John Moxley's sitting there having him a drink watching this match. Could Moxley be wanting to face the winner of this match? Is it highly possible? Could it be po possible? Could we see, you know, Moxley go after his United States title again? It's highly possible. But it's an incredible match. And, of course, we have a new United States IWGP champion. And I'm talking about Tana. Tana took it off of Lance Archer. The sky's the limit as to what's going to happen next. If Moxley is wanting to go after this title, he's going to have to wait until after summer struggle because, of course, Tana is defending the IWGB United States Championship against Kota Ibushi. So he's going to have to wait. He's going to have to sit back by this time and wait to see who ends up with that title. If it's Tana, this is going to be an amazing fight. If it's Abushi, this is going to be even more incredible. Because Moxley versus Abushi, that would be an absolute epic fight. So we're going to have to wait and see what New Japan does with this and what happens. It's going to be interesting to see, but I'm pretty sure Moxley wants that title back, and he's going to wait to, uh, after Summer Struggle to see who gets this title, whether Tanner retains or Bushi gets it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. So then we move on. Sammy Callahan wants a number one contenders match against Moose, Ace Austin, and Chris Saban for an impact title shot. He wants it. He wants to be added to the card. This would be interesting. This would be really interesting to see if Sammy Callahan can beat Ace Austin, Moose, and Chris Saban. It would be an interesting match. I mean, could you imagine Sammy Callahan having an opportunity to go at Christian Cage, who is now the Impact Champion? For those of you who are scratching your head going, wait, Christian Cage is the Impact Champion? I explained it on AEW prior to this, but I'll explain it again. In AEW Rampage, Christian Cage took the Impact World Heavyweight title off of Kenny Omega. So Christian Cage is now the Impact Champ. This would be interesting. This would be a sight to see which one of these gentlemen can actually take on Christian Cage. Be interesting. I mean, it would be a golden opportunity for Ace Austin. I really believe it would be a great opportunity for Ace Austin. I also think it would be great, great to see Moose and Christian Cage go at it. They haven't gone at it in a long time in the Impact Zone, so it would be awesome to see. It would be awesome to see Chris Saban. Versus Christian Cage. That would be amazing. Sammy Callahan. Oh absolutely spectacular. In my opinion. Between these gentlemen. I really think Ace Austin. Should be the one to get it. Because it would be a golden opportunity. For Ace Austin to show what he can really do. To showcase just how good of an in-ring performer he really is. Because he is. He's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. And I think him and Christian Cage would bring down the house. As long as you keep Madman Fulton out of it. Fulton's going to be there. You know he's going to be. And you know Fulton plays dirty. That's just what he does. But it will be interesting to see him and Christian Cage. I really think it would be. So then we move on to Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green versus Shiro with Rohit Raju. This I told you guys. I told you this feud between 
Matt Cardona and Rohit was going to get nasty. And it keeps getting nastier the further down the rabbit hole we go. Now you've got Chelsea Green on his in his court. And you've got Shira and Rohit's corner. This could be a problem. Because Chelsea Green should not be out there going against a 7-2 seven, seven Shira. This guy is huge. He's absolutely a monster. And you're going to stick sweet little Chelsea Green in a corner with a monster on the opposite side. Cardona is not thinking clearly. He's not thinking on all cylinders. He's just thinking win, win, win. That's what he's thinking. I don't see it. I just don't see it. But of course, Matt Cardona does win that feud. I don't see Rohit letting this go. I don't see Shira letting this go. I don't think that don't think that this history between him and Cardona is over quite yet. It's going to be interesting to see what happens and how far they're going to take this before this feud finally comes to an end and we have a definitive winner because they keep winning back and forth. It's hard to keep up with who's going to, you know, be on top at the end of the end of this. But my opinion, keep Chelsea Green away from Shira because this guy is big. This guy can hurt her. Keep her away from Shira. Now, I'm saying that he would, but if she gets caught in a crossfire, it could get ugly. It could get really ugly. So then we have Josh Alexander. We find out that Josh Alexander will be defending his X Division Championship at 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 Emergence against Jake something. I told you guys. I told you this was going to be an incredible match. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Jake something can do now that he's dipped his toe into the X Division and see what he can do and see if he can actually give Josh Alexander... Because Josh Alexander, he's had a lot of great competitors. He really has. But he needs a really good competitor. A really good competitor that's going to push him to that limit. That's going to push him to that point and that breaking point to where it's either he can win or he loses. And Jake something, I believe, is that man that can do it. I think that he can... Push him to that limit and make him do things that Josh Alexander has never done before in the X Division. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at Emergence and, you know, who comes out. Is it going to be Jake something or is it going to be Josh Alexander? So then Christian Cage, he returns to the Impact Zone. We are so happy to see him. I'm happy to see that he now is Impact Champion. Proud, proud of him. Absolutely proud to see him there. Absolutely excited to see him there. And he decides that he is going to retire the TNT, the TNA title. We know that the TNA title and the Impact title were in the process of literally being, you know, connected together. They were eventually going to be one title. But they hadn't really got to it because, of course, Kenny Omega got it. Everything got switched around. So now he retires the TNA title. He says the TNA title has done so much for TNA. It is your representation of what impact has become. From where they begin their humble roots to impact. It really shows what it's become. And I really admire Christian Cage for finally stepping up and saying, okay, it's time to retire this. It's time for us to take a step forward and not a step backwards and, you know, move forward with impact, but never forget what Dixie Carter started. Never forget her humble beginnings of this company and what she's done for this company and now what Scott Demore has done for this company and what Don Callis has done for this company. We can't forget that they kept Dixie Carter's legacy alive and created something so big as impact. I mean, it, it it's it's sweet to see. It's sweet to see Christian Cage do that. 
And everybody was happy to see him. I was happy to see him back in the Impact Zone. It was good to see him. It's good to see him with that Impact title. It's going to be interesting to see what Christian Cage can do. And the matter of fact that he has to face Brian Myers at Emergence is going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see if, if Brian Myers can get past Christian Cage. Now that he doesn't have to face Kenny Omega, it's going to be interesting to see if he can get past Christian Cage. I don't see it happening, but we're going to see what happens at Emergence. Melina, she has a match against Brandy Laura. This is an incredible match, really showcasing what Melina is really capable of. And she really wants to show Deanna Parazzi what she's going to be up against at Empowered. She's basically telling Deanna, do not take me lightly. Don't take me lying down because I'm going to show you what I'm capable of. And it's absolutely an incredible match. It really is. And Melina really showcases what she can do. On the flip side, Brandy really shows what she can do. She's absolutely an incredible in-ring competitor. I love, I love this match. This is a really, really good match. And it's a great way for, you know, Melina to show what she can do and to show Deanna, don't take me lying down because this, this is what I can do. This is what I'm capable of. Don't think this is going to be an easy match for you at Empowered because it's not going to be. It's not going to be by any means. And it's an incredible match. Of course, Melina does win that match. After the match, Deanna Parazzi comes out and decides, I'm not going to wait till Empowered. I'm going to take you out now so I don't have a problem with you. And she comes out and attacks Melina. Melina is really, literally helpless because not only does she come out, but Matt Renwald comes out too to help her. Mr. Drama King himself comes out to help Deanna Parazzi, his queen, as he'll try to take out Melina. Well, guess what? Trey Miguel ain't having it. He comes out and makes it perfectly clear, you're out messing with her. You got to go through me to get to her. And he literally clears the ring. Going to be interesting to see what happens with Trey Miguel and Melina, and then, of course, Matt and Deanna. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on. And if we're going to have a you know, mixed tag team on Impact, that would be incredible. This is a great thing for Trey Miguel. I really like this. I think it's going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. So then, apparently, Caleb just can't let go what happened last week. And he just can't let go everything that went on. And he's injured and always hurt. And he tries to tell Scott Demore, yes, I'm medically cleared. And Jake something wants to fight somebody because Josh Alexander kind of, you know, got him a little fired up. So Scott Demore gives Caleb what he asked for. He gives him a match. He says, oh, you're medically cleared? Then you can face Jake something. Caleb with a K is absolutely in shock. He's absolutely in shock. This, this, this is a brood of a man, and you're going to put poor little Caleb against Jake something? So then we have a no DQ, Jake something versus Caleb with a K. Oh, poor Caleb. He stood no chance. No chance whatsoever in taking on Jake something. Bless his heart, he tries. Got to give him credit where credit is due. He tries. But you can't take on Jake something. There's just no way you can take on this brute of a man and be able to beat him. There's just no way. And, of course, he doesn't because Jake something gets him. Feel bad for him. I really do. And I really hope that Caleb's okay and that he can bounce back from this. And next time, maybe he'll learn. Don't open your mouth to Scott Demore. Keep your mouth shut. Otherwise, you end up in this kind of a situation. Tennille tried to tell him. Tennille tried to warn him. So then we get, like I told you guys, this thing with Violent by Design and the Good Brothers has been literally 
escalating. It is getting to the point of no return. It is getting into a knockout, dragout fight between these two teams, and it's not looking good. And the main event, of course, is a testament to this. It is Doc Gallows with Carl Anderson versus Joe Donnering with Violent by Design. This is a match, I'm telling you right now, you guys need to go on social media and look at this match. This match is absolutely chaos. Chaos at its finest. These two big boys literally take each other out. It is absolutely unbelievable. Just to give you an example of the chaos, they're up on top of the main ramp in front of the Tron. And they literally are fighting, and all of a sudden, Gallows goes to do one of his finishers. They go through the floor and land on the ground below. Through the, They're on top of each other. Neither one of them are moving. It is absolutely chaos. They literally, for about 10 minutes, are sitting there not moving. Medical team's out there. Scott Demore's out there. Everybody's trying to make sure that Gallows is up. Carl Anderson's trying to get him to respond. It's crazy. Doc Gallows crawls himself out of that hole he put himself into, crawls back to the ring and waits for Donnering to come. Oh, he does. He comes in there and chaos ensues again. These two literally are beating the daylights out of each other and you're literally sitting there with your hands over your eyes going, I can't look. I can't look. It's absolutely crazy. It's just, you, you're literally sitting there going, oh, biting your nails. It's it's that good of a match. I'm telling you guys, go watch it. Go look it up online. It is amazing. It is absolutely an incredible match between these two competitors. Of course, Donnering does win, but it isn't an easy win for him. It's not an easy win for him so whatsoever. I'm telling you, this kind of competition that we just saw sets up emergence. It sets up what could possibly happen between the Good Brothers, Violent by Design, and Willie Mack and Rich Swan. This could be a serious, violent, chaotic match. It could get ugly and nasty really quick. And when you put the impact titles on the line, tie titles on the line with it, you can only imagine what kind of chaos is going to ensue when you put all these guys together. It's going to be an interesting match. It's going to be an interesting thing to see, and I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen on Emergence with this. Okay, guys. I want to thank y'all so much for listening because without you guys, there wouldn't be me. Get on your social media. If you've got wrestling fans who absolutely love and have a passion for wrestling like you do and like I do, get on social media and tell them about my podcast. Tell them to give it a listen. You spread the word. Get in the ring with Brandy out there so everybody can hear it and everybody can, you'll be talking about it, you know. Just get the word out. Let's spread the word about this podcast because I'm t- it's, it's an incredible podcast and you guys are the reason it happens every week or every two weeks. You are the reason this happens every two weeks. You guys are the reason. I also want to remind you guys that in two weeks, there is going to be a pay-per-view extra- double feature extravaganza for TakeOver 36 and SummerSlam. So don't miss out. I will have, give you all you need to know about what happened on these two pay-per-views. So don't miss out. I may also cover a little bit of resurgence or emergence next week and in two weeks and give you guys the lowdown on what might have happened on some matches that you guys might want to know about. So don't miss that either. Like I said, 
Anything you guys want to talk about. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter wrestling-wise what it is. It doesn't have to be Impact. It doesn't have to be AEW. It can be anything including a small, you know, small wrestling company. Give me a shout-out on my social media. Tell me what you think. Give me your opinions. I promise you I will respond back as soon as I can. Just give me a shout-out. And I, 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 I will respond back. I promise you I will. Like I said, also follow me. Tell your friends to follow me on my social media, on my Facebook, on my Twitter, at Wrestling Nights. Nights ending with a Z. And on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. Get on there. Talk. Tell you whatever you guys want to talk about. I'm here to listen. I'll get you, give you my opinions. I'll tell you what I think. You tell me what you think. We'll have an exchange of ideas. It'll be incredible. I, I love you know talking to you guys. I love hearing your opinions. I love hearing your ideas. I love hearing your stories about maybe possible rumors. I love hearing it. I absolutely love hearing from you guys. And like I said, without you guys, there would be no me. And I want to appreciate and thank you guys so much for listening. And in two weeks, don't forget, double feature pay-per-view extravaganza. Don't miss out. And also, like I said, I will try to cover some of the emergence for you guys so you guys know what went down at Impact's Emergence. I'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Have a wonderful evening. Have a great day and thank you so much and we'll see you next time with more In the Ring Wrestling action. Have a great evening.